If you've ever played sports, you know what it means to bounce back. You suffered a defeat, you need to come back with a win. And for four years, the Cowboys did that. And now, thank God, they've bounced back, right? In the business world, if you've suffered a setback, you need to bounce back with a profitable day. So my message is simple. I call it, it's time to bounce back. So give me a little liberty. It's not really polished, okay? It's just quickie thrown together. You can allow circumstances in your life to become setbacks or opportunities to bounce back. In John 10, 10, Jesus said the thief, Satan, does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. To steal means to pilfer through, to take away from, to whip, to embezzle, to pickpocket. To kill means to slaughter, to eradicate, to take life away from. To destroy means to wipe out, to demolish, to devastate, to tear down, or to level the ground. Satan's main agenda is to cause you and I to fail. I picture it like this. Any attack he brings is meant to tear you down, level you to the ground, demolish you, and devastate you. It's like running full steam ahead, and he puts something in your path to take life away from you, to whip you. He means for it to be a weight that pulls you down. He wants that divorce to devastate you the rest of your life. He intends to frustrate you in your finances. His plan is for your relationships to be rotten. He figures the pain of your past will be enough to bury you. So God says, hey, it's time for my people to bounce back. Don't allow it to bury you. Allow it to propel you towards your destiny. Don't let it suffocate you. Let it spring you forward towards your calling. Don't let it get leverage in your life, but allow it to vault you into the next opportunity for promotion. You can bounce back. This is a video from Penn State in their Olympic trials in uh, track and field. Watch this. say with me, it's time to bounce back. That girl bounced back. She got up. You've been knocked down, but you hadn't been knocked out. You can get back up no matter what debilitating problem, even personal failure. Though the righteous man falls seven times, the Lord will uphold him. It's your choice to stay down. You can get back up, and God wants you to do it. We see it in life. 
So I want to look at some situations in Scripture where people didn't allow the situation in their lives to totally bury them or consume them, but they were able to bounce back, and so can you. Samson in Judges 16 bounced back after lying in the lap of a woman. Remember, he killed a thousand Philistine men with the jawbone of a donkey. He tore the gates off the city walls. He captured 300 foxes and lit their tails on fire and torched the grain fields of the Philistines. In Judges 16, verse 4, he falls in love with a woman, Delilah. Verse 6, Delilah asked where his great strength came from and what needed to be done to bind his strength. Now, men, we all need to look out, self-included. Satan has a woman out there for all of us. And your wife is probably the best radar indicator of a UFO, an unidentified female object. And boy, he, he's taken better men than any of us down. So he wants to use her to devastate you and me and level us to the ground. And verse 7 through verse 16, Samson toys with her. He's being cute. He plays with her each time, getting closer and closer to revealing where his strength came from. Then in verse 17, he told her all of his heart, and that was the beginning of his fall. Verse 21, the Philistines then came in. She had cut his hair. They captured him. They put his eyes out. They made him to grind at a mill. Verse 22 says, but the hair on his head began to grow again. Now Samson could have died grinding at the mill, going in circles until he died. And men and women, there are many of you in this room going in circles, allowing that sin that is besetting you to keep coming back up and back up, defeating you. And as long as you grind at the mill and keep going around and around with the same problem, you'll die in that problem. Don't let that problem bury you. With God's help and God's grace and God's power, you can bounce back from it. Don't allow it to tear you down. Let it propel you towards your destiny. Now look at what Samson did. He bounced back and did more devastation to the enemy at the end of his life than his entire life. Verse 27 said there were 3,000 people gathered together to mock Samson, but they didn't realize his hair had grown back, and now the old boy is about to bounce back. Verse 28, here was the key. Samson asked the Lord to remember him, and the Lord recognized Samson and restored his strength. Please know whatever your terrible fall may be, whatever your failure may be, whatever the devastating situation, whether you caused it or not, Samson did it to himself, but he cried out to the Lord to restore. And God is a God of restoration. Joel says, the Lord will restore the years the enemy has stolen from you. God, even in the last days, can restore the latter part of your life and make it even better than the first part that you counted a total loss. There is hope. You can bounce back. God will restore. And the key, whatever mess you're in, even if you're not a believer, you cry out to God, and God can turn this thing around and bring you back. 
Verse 30 through 31, he is now in the temple of this pagan god with the Philistines making fun. He pushes with all of his might the pillars of the temple and caused it to collapse, and he killed more of the Philistines at death than his entire life. Samson bounced back and brought his final blow to the enemy. Tell you, tell your neighbor, it's time to bounce back. Come on, wake them up. It's time to bounce back. Tired of you sucking your thumb, whining and complaining, defeated all the time. Then there's a guy named Job. This is chapter 42, book of Job. He bounced back after losing everything he had. I doubt many of you are in that situation. Chapter 1, he loses his property and his children. Chapter 2, he loses his health. Chapter 7, he has no comfort because his friends don't comfort him about his losses. They blame him. Chapter 13, he says, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. I love this guy. Chapter 15, he's accused of foolishness and stupidity by his friends. You don't need the devil. You just need a bunch of Christians to get around you. <laughs> when things go bad, oh, brother, you, don't, you, you be careful who you hang around when he goes bad. Chapter 22, he's accused of being wicked. It's kind of funny because in chapter 1, God said he was the best man in the earth. And look what happened to him. God didn't do that to him. Satan did that to him. And God wanted to prove to Satan that Job didn't serve him because he lived in a gated community with a nice zip code and drove two late model cars and had a high income and a good 401k and voted Republican. He just wanted him to know, this guy's got a heart for me, and he's going to serve me, rich or poor, discriminated or not, he's my man. Kill him or not, he's my man. That's what made him great. That's what makes you great. And God wanted to kick Satan in the backside and give him a good, swift kicks. Job bounced back. Job 42, verse 10. And the Lord restored Job's losses and doubled them when he prayed for his friends. How many of us could lose everything and keep going? Could God trust us enough to allow the enemy to take everything from us and think we'd still serve him, still honor him? Job said even if God killed him, he would keep trusting in him. So I've got a word from heaven for everybody in this room today. It's time for you to bounce back. See, if you lose your home, you can bounce back from it. Many have. If you've lost a child to this world, give them to God. Pray over them and bounce back from it. God can help. God can turn their heart around. Don't let this sickness bury you. Don't go into a fetal position saying it's all over. Let faith rise up in you. Resist the enemy and bounce back from it. He's still our healer. He's still our deliverer. It ain't over till I take my last breath. Don't let the devastation of divorce, and some of you have been through some pretty bad ones. Don't let it depress you. Determine to bounce back from it and reach your destiny. And I can point out people in this assembly over a whole weekend of services who have had devastating things happen like that, who have gone on. God's given them a great mate. They're serving the Lord in this house today, and life is good. There is life after divorce. So you got to believe that. God hates divorce, but He doesn't hate divorcees. And He loves you, and there's a future for you. Comb your hair, drop a few pounds, put on a little evening in Jerusalem. It ain't too late, girls. There's a good man out there looking for you. I'm telling you. I got help here on the front, okay. 
Don't let the frustration over your financial situation keep a frown on your face. We live in the kingdom of God. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The silver and gold is mine. The earth is mine. All they that dwell therein. Psalms 23. Shoot, God can feed you with ravens, unclean birds. God, God can let you catch a fish. You never who the next friendship you may make may reverse the whole circumstances you're in. God, God is the God of my resources. He has no recession in heaven. He's not dependent on the Congress or the House or anybody else's economic position as a, as a person. He promised me that if I'd honor Him and tithe and be a generous person, He promised me that He'd fill my barns with plenty, I'd, ha I'd have abundance, that He would supply all my needs. He didn't say I'd never have a lack of a bad day, but I'd never go broke and I'd never be begging bread. He promised. And He's hold that prom He's been true for me for all my life since I was 18 years old. He's proven that to be true, or I tell you it's not true. It is true. David said, I've been young, I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his kids begging bread. That's I'm, I'm not breaking away from God. I don't care what an economic policy may come or go. I'm in a different kingdom here. I, I, God's made me a promise, and I don't need any administration's vote to get it. This is mine. God's sovereign. I believe it. So I can bounce back front. And I can find freedom in my finances by giving to God. Don't let a rotten relationship that you're in ruin your life. Determine to bounce back and reach out with God's help for a right relationship. Don't, don't keep going back to a terrible relationship. If it sucked and it was rotten, going back to it is kind of like having a yard sale, going out and buying all your junk back. Don't do that, girls. Don't dust a... Dust off your feet and move on. If it wasn't good then, it's not good now. Don't let the pain of the past pull you down. Bounce back and press towards the promises of God. It's time to bounce back. God says He will, Romans 8, I will work everything to your good and my glory. He didn't say it was good. He said, I'll work it for your good. Sometimes even a defeat is a setup for a comeback. You never know. God says, believe me, if you're in my kingdom, if you're my kid, I'll make what the enemy meant to destroy you, I'll make it to promote you. God's, he's, listen, he's big. He's really big. Come of you, don't put your hope in a politician. Put it in God. God the pe people are, we're sinners. What we see going on is the result of sinful hearts. Hate, violence, prejudice, bigotry, discrimination, that comes out of a wicked, sinful heart. You need a new heart. You don't need a new vote. You need a new heart. If we could get hearts changed everywhere, a law won't change my heart. If I'm a racist and a bigot, you can make the law uh, say the good thing, but it didn't change my heart. And without all that governmental interference, if I get a new heart, I'm not going to steal from you. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to discriminate against you. I'm going to love you. So what I want is a new heart. That's what I want. And I got one. And uh, I'm just not the same old guy. I, you know, you go back home. Some of you go back home 40 years ago. I, I came out of South Carolina. My friends, they hadn't grown an inch. Still a bunch of old redneck hillbillies living in a little bitty box about that big. You know, we got a bigger God, a bigger world, bigger people. My life is richer and stronger because of the diversity of so many people around me. Don't you think for one moment, I, anytime I, I had to, I don't do counseling pretty much, I'm terrible, you could tell. <laughs> but when I have done it, and it happened to be a person of a different race, I made sure from our government board and people well-respected who serve in this house, sit with me. 
Why? I want that person to know he's represented. He's represented equally and fairly. When I want to know uh, about even the today, guess who I talked to? I didn't talk to a bunch of crackers. I talked to some African-American men and women in our church who are stable, who are in government, who love, who serve, and who give, and are my friends. Say, tell me your perspective. See, you don't know the other person's perspective. And so be, be, be gracious. Everybody doesn't see it the same way you do. It takes time for God to renew our minds, and, and maybe your mind needs to be renewed, not theirs. See? I never had to be afraid uh, of uh, being stopped by a highway patrolman, which I was several times, and speeding. That's always been my besetting sin. In South Carolina, before, uh, uh, before uh, uh, the Civil Rights Movement, but an African-American guy would have to be very much concerned. Those were days. I didn't have that problem. I didn't face that. Other people did. So can you be a little bit tolerant of other people's prejudice or chip on the shoulder because you weren't discriminated against, you weren't, you weren't picked on, bullied, or, or uh, any, faced any kind of uh, discrimination in business or office? Because it still goes on. But it, it shouldn't go on by us. So we have people on staff from all different races. All I, want, I ask is do your job. You're not picked by color. You're just picked by your gift. You can do the job. Do it. I don't care what color you are as president. I just want you to do good for the country. Do good for people. That's all. Is that right? Thank you. That's all. That's why we pray for them, all of them. Man, I don't want what we deserve. We're, we're, we're in bad shape. Get what we deserve. And so Job prayed for his friends, and he bounced back, and God restored double everything he had lost. Most people think Job's whole life was a bunch of boils on an old ash pit. Most theologians speculate that wasn't more than a year to a year and a half, but it was terrible. And the only thing the devil left was his wife. <laughs> the devil knows what to do, doesn't he, boys? I, I told the military, if, if, you, if you want me, you're going to have to draft my wife, because she's the only one to make me mad enough to kill. You know, it's like every woman knows how to push that button, right, girls? You, you do. I'm being a little. I, I may have to take a cab home. I don't know. I may not get to ride. But she's the one that said, curse God and die. Terrible. She didn't have the same attitude old Job did. And so God blessed this man immeasurably. He didn't come up a loser. He came up with a happy life after a devastating setback. He bounced back. Now, if you complain, if you whine about your circumstances and go into a defeated uh, fetal position and suck your thumb and always be a victim, Satan will whip you and take life away from you. In fact, my wife was reminding me out of Isaiah, I think it's 51, I may miss it a verse or two, but somewhere in there it says, the enemy wants to say to you, lie down, let, let, let me make a road on your back and walk on you. And that's what you do when you stay down, when you stay victim. I'm, I don't care if you came out of abuse or rejection or an orphanage or whatever, you have the power with God to bounce back from that and get up and say, that's not going to happen again. I will not stay down. I will not be defeated. I will bounce back. So there are blessings ahead for you as a child of God, but you can't, you can't go around being buried by your problems. You have to bounce back and receive the blessing. And so without bouncing back, there are no blessings. Job 8 verse 7 says, God will take a loss and turn it into a great gain. 
So you have to get positioned for that gain. You have to reverse it. Satan wants the loss for all of us. Bring us down. God wants to reverse it and use it to propel us into prosperity. Then there's a guy named Peter. He bounced back after denying Jesus Christ three times. This is in John 18, verse 17 through 27. Peter, you might want to consider taking Peter off your dashboard, some of you who are my Catholic friends. Peter denied Jesus the first time to a servant girl, verse 17. Peter denied Jesus a second time to those around the fire, verse 25. Peter denied Jesus a third time to a servant of the high priest, verse 26 and 27. This is, this is a guy, after three years of walking with the Son of God, watching him heal, raise the dead, be transfigured on the Mount of Trans. This is the guy who is denying Jesus, and he's still cussing. He cursed vehemently, right? These are real people, real people. I just want to show you how bad it was. To deny, the greatest definition I can find is to give up on, to give up on. When Peter denied Jesus, he was giving up on him. Boy, this couldn't be the Messiah. This can't be my Savior. I couldn't believe he could allow this to happen to him. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't understand. So he gave up on him. And how many times have we been tempted to quit? How many times have we given up and thrown in the towel? Peter was given up on Jesus, yet Jesus went all the way that night to the cross, even for Peter, knowing Peter had denied him. He died for you, and he died for me. And we still fail him and give up on him. When the going gets tough, when problems arise and storms come, we give up, we quit, and then we deny the power of God. It says of Israel, they turned back and limited the Holy One of God. In other words, the problem didn't hurt, didn't intimidate God. They turned back in fear and limited the power of God. When you turn back, when you quit, when you refuse to bounce back, you suddenly turn off the power of God to help you, to bless you to restore you. And so never even think about quitting. There's a time in every marriage, every job, every dream, every relationship, everything when quit looks good. Just I've thought about it. Just don't do it. Yes. Everybody thought about it, right? Don't think, don't do it. That's the only difference in winning and losing. Even the winners thought about it, quitting, giving up. What's the use? Maybe it's not going to happen, but they persevered. And what does Hebrews say? You have need of perseverance. After you've done the will of God, you might obtain the promise. Oh, no, charismatics, we want it in one nanosecond. I did it, I said it, I believed it, now, boom, I want it to happen. And God, I'm sorry. And God says, hey, that ain't the way it works. You have need of perseverance that after you've done the will of God. It's, if God says you're going to have a baby and you're 100, you go paint the room. Get you a little bassinet. Do something. Get some little toys in there. That's right, Mama. Get you a, get you a maternity dress. You may be walking in like this, <laughs> but it'll fit. If God said He's going to do it, if He has to back up the Red Sea, hold the sun still in the sky for Joshua, back the sun up 10 degrees, feed you with an unclean bird, He'll do it. He'll do it. If God made a promise, God will do what God promises. Circumstances don't matter. You can bounce back. And Peter bounced back after denying Jesus. In Acts 2, we know that he bounced back. He's in the upper room with 120. He's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he preaches the Word of God with boldness. Verse 14 stands up. He brought 3,000 people to a saving knowledge in Jesus Christ that day. 
What if he'd quit on God? What if he had never bounced back after denying Jesus and just gone off and stayed gone? Souls were at stake. Destiny was at stake. He bounced back. Let's quit quitting on God and bounce back. You you know, you, you think you're on the way down. You tell the devil he's a liar, you're bouncing back. Reverse this thing on the enemy. See, uh, the more you bounce, the higher you bounce. That's for sure. Get on a trampoline. You'll see that. The more you bounce back, the higher you go. You're going up, not down. You're springing forward into your future, not backward into a past. You're launching into your destiny. You're not loafing in your past. You tell the devil, hey, enough is enough. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I'm going over, not under. I am pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I'm sick of being sick. I'm tired of being tired. I've been broke long enough. I've been depressed long enough and discouraged long enough. I've been in my last bad relationship. Boy, I could pick a few people on that one. When is enough enough for you? Devil, I won't allow you to cause me to deny God's power any longer. I refuse to stay in bondage to any addiction, to substance abuse, or abuse of any kind. I no longer need that. I'm bouncing back with the power of God. I'm coming back. I'm being propelled into my promotion. I am springing forward into my destiny. I'm going higher and higher with the Lord. Little Jackie Wilson there. Your love is lifting me higher than I've ever been lifted before. So keep it up, my desire. I'll be at your side forevermore. I love Jackie Wilson. Well, I bet you ain't going to hear that in church today. All right. David bounced back after adultery. God called him the best king he ever had. God called him a man after his own heart. Did he not? He committed murder and adultery. Daniel bounced back after being thrown in the lion's den. He could have said, well, if that's the way you treat the people that love you, I'm not surprised people (laughs) respond to you the way they do. I heard Jack Taylor say one time, an old Scotsman was telling the Lord, he was complaining. He said, Lord, I'm not surprised you got as few friends as you do the way you treat the ones you got. Once in a while, you just need to vent, huh? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego bounce back after a fiery furnace to high positions of authority in a pagan government. Jacob bounced back after wrestling with the angel all night. Noah bounced back after the flood. Abraham bounced back after the offering of Isaac. Paul bounced back after being shipwrecked, beaten, and imprisoned. Jesus bounced back after facing Satan in the wilderness. And many of you have bounced back as well. Percy and Danielle Kimbrough, you saw on that, on that picture just a moment ago with Dr. Cobb, they bounced back after having to bury their daughter to a terrible fight with cancer. They didn't go into a fetal position. They cried. They were hurt. There was a lot of uh, sadness for quite a while, but they never stopped their class. They never stopped serving. They're still on the eldership board, the government of this church. They're always here. They're smiling, serving others, whatever that personal heart. They bounced back. James and Vita Lacey lost their daughter to a terrible, tragic car wreck and uh, had to, to bury her uh, mother with five children. There are people who have suffered devastating losses. You'll see them smiling. You'll see them serving. They, uh, it hurt. It hurt bad. But they bounced back. They would not let it defeat them. We have a hope of eternity. This is not the only life I have. I've got eternal life. I'll be reunited with everyone I've ever lost. Whatever. I'm still going to win no matter how the outcome comes, and so will you. But they bounce back. 
Some of you have bounced back after a 15-year battle with drugs and alcohol, and I know you, and I'm proud of you. Darlene Check, who was here a couple of weeks ago, who wrote Shout to the Lord and so many other great Christian songs, battled breast cancer for over two years. It nearly killed her. And in that long battle, she kept writing music, praising God, tweeting, encouraging others. So she was here preaching, and I thought, well, now, girl, now look, now not only are you a great musician, a great songwriter, a great worship leader, now you've been able to beat cancer, the devil tried to kill you, and now when you've gotten into your midlife, uh, and you're not the young spring chicken you were when all this first happened, now God's going to give you a round of even greater impact. Not only do you have your history of music, but now you've defeated something that nearly killed you, and you can be a hope and encouragement to so many other women battling that same tragedy. She bounced back. She had to sit down here. She's, her body's still recovering from all those years of chemotherapy and treatment and the drugs she has to take for several years, even after she's pronounced clean. But man, she's just stayed with it. She's a go girl, bounced back from it. Didn't say, oh, woe is me. Can't believe this happened to me. Hey, People who live good still have trouble. If you married, you got kids, I don't care if you glow in the dark, you're going to have trouble. <laughs> Can I get a good amen? amen? Come on, you know that's true. So what do you need to bounce back from this morning? Allow the thing in your life that seems to be the biggest battle become the very thing that's going to cause you to bounce back. Let it propel you and thrust you into your future because God is for you, never against you. His plans for you are good and not evil. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, God has nothing in mind for you but something good. He's come to be a savior, not a judge. So today is the day for you to bounce back. For more information on Summit Christian Center and Rick Godwin, visit SummitSA.com and connect with us on social media.